not from the EPR Creation Studio, but rather from the road in Denver, Colorado. This is the Unconquered Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Staples. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, bringing you the best of internet development and website creation for an affordable price. By Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida. By Shenandoah Newsma of ShenRealEstate.com in the Research Triangle of North Carolina. And by Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida. Well, this is the not quite hot takes podcast. This is the uh, post-game podcast, a day late. So I guess this will be the day after podcast. After Florida State thumps Louisiana 49-17 to in a game that Florida State could have scored 70 if they wanted to. This game could have been something like 70-6 to or 70-3 to if they'd wanted to. But instead, they emptied the bench and did exactly what they needed to uh, to continue to improve as a program. Got a lot. The participation chart on this one is really long. Got a lot of players uh, on the field. Really good stuff there. Uh, not really a whole lot to say here. I, I mean, this game basically went as expected for Florida State as it should go for Florida State based on how they came playing in, came into this game, how they're playing coming into this game, and then the, the quality of team that they were playing. Florida State is playing right now at a top 10 level. This uh, We talked about it last week. This program... Uh, this is a team that if this team if 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 there were already a 12 team playoff nobody would want any piece of this Florida State team going into that playoff. You think about Florida State against a TCU or someone like that right now who has a real chance of 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 getting into the playoff or or even a USC. This Florida State team the way they're playing right now probably beats those teams and and does so potentially handily. And you want to talk about people saying LSU has improved, that this Florida State team wouldn't beat them. They wouldn't have beaten them a month ago, I don't think, because of how banged up they were, uh, not having Lovett in the lineup, some of those other things. I think this Florida State team, the team that has, uh, that has taken care of business now ever since that Clemson game, that this team, the healthier team, the team that's playing right now, I think this team does do the same thing against the LSU. I think they're absolutely capable of beating LSU. And you combine that with a an upset loss by uh by North Carolina against a very bad Georgia Georgia Tech team that Florida State blew out. And there's a real chance that North that Florida State will jump North Carolina for bowl priority and that they've got a chance if if Clemson makes the college football playoff which Given Tennessee getting beat, given you know some of the other events here, it's entirely possible that Clemson still finds a way into the college football playoff if they win out. <sighs> if that happens, there's a it's not an out it's not a crazy thing that Florida State winds up being the the number two team in terms of ACC priority and winding up in something like the Orange Bowl. I mean that's crazy, but it's it's real possible. And the thing is, like I said, if this team had just had its injury luck spread out a little bit differently. I mean, they, they, they could be in college football playoff uh, contention right now. Do I think they'd win a college football playoff? No, I do not. But are they playing at a top 10 level that, that absolutely could be good enough to 
to to play and and to be in the college football playoff? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, look, Louisiana is not a bad football team. That's not a trash team that they just absolutely thrashed. That's that's a team that beat Georgia Southern last week. That's a team that has beaten some pretty decent teams this year. That's a very middle-of-the-road Sunbelt team. And the Sunbelt has given a lot of programs a lot of problems from Power 5 this week. I mean, that Georgia, that Georgia Southern team beat Nebraska this week. Now, that's a bad Nebraska team. But it was not long ago that Florida State was getting beat by these kind of teams. And this game was over at the end of the first quarter. It was 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter and 35 to 3. It was 35 to nothing just before the half and then they, you know, got that last uh last little drive and and kicked a field goal at the end of the at the end of the uh second quarter. But this game this game was over middle of the second quarter, over really at beginning of the first quarter, uh, end of the first quarter. I mean, Jordan Travis didn't play in the second half. You had Tate Rodemaker, one for one for 45 yards in the second half, and then he he goes to the sideline. And then you got A.J. Duffy, who goes one for four for 16 yards and a touchdown. Didn't look quite as good as what you'd like there, but got some good experience, got some opportunities to make some throws, made a, made a really good, nice anticipation throw for a touchdown on an even better catch by, uh, by, the, by Biscuit. Mark Houston Douglas, who wound up the leading receiver on the day for Florida State because they – they couldn't stop the run, so why throw it all that much? Leading receiver by by catches, that is. I mean, Kentron Portier uh, with uh, 45, 45 yards, leading receiver by by yardage. But Florida State, again, over 250 yards rushing again. They've been dominant. And they're going in now, they're going to play a wounded Florida team that just lost on the road in Nashville to... Vanderbilt and those two programs are, are sort of passing each other kind of heading heading in different directions and uh you know warms the heart to see but this game I mean just all you need to do is look at the through three quarters cumulative stats 49 to 3 Florida State averaging let's see uh, with four sacks averaging 7.4 yards per play giving up 3.2 yards per play First half, 7.4 yards per play, giving up 3.6 yards per play. I mean, that's just not competitive. 414 yards to 169 through three quarters. First quarter, 184 yards to 46. 7.7 yards per play in the first quarter. This is a team that's taking care of business. They're doing to, to mediocre teams what you should do to bad teams. And you know one of the things that really stood out in the in the first half is the the starting defense playing with a level of physicality and, and downright disrespect. That is exactly the sort of thing that is that's Florida State's DNA right there. That is the culture that you should see in Tallahassee. And maybe the play to typify it for me is Jamie Robinson's tackle on that fourth uh, fourth and one. They go for it on fourth and one, run the football. Florida State's in a, I think that was a quarter's look. I, I, I need to go back for sure. But uh, Jamie Robinson has some run fit responsibilities, and he flies up. Looks like it's going to be a clear first down, but there's enough space. Safety flies up and just thumps him in the hole and stops him right there, stops him short of the first down. It's the one that they reviewed. 
And that play and the, the overall just physicality of, you know, just flying in there with no regard for human life, just stopping him, stopping him cold, that right there is, is what Florida State should look like. That's the kind of open field, single one-on-one, not exactly open field, but in the box, one-on-one tackle with physicality that you have to have. And, yeah, just, just very, very good there. Really not a whole lot more to talk about because this, is a, this, was, this was just such a beatdown. It was over so early. I will take one question, though. Uh, they're they're going to address a question that came in as this game was ending or just after this game uh, via Patreon. And uh, this says, do you, do you think Jake Garcia of Miami would be a take for Florida State if he decided to jump into the transfer portal after this season. I know he's looked out of sorts this season, but he's regressed significantly under the new coaching staff, just like all of their quarterbacks. The kid does have an impressive arm, is an above-average athlete, and always has had good body language on the field and the sidelines, even when he's struggling. He strikes me as a kid that isn't afraid to work and would probably be a plus in the locker room. Any other potential quarterbacks you'd be keeping an eye on around the country? I think Altmeyer at Old Miss is not a take since he spurned Norvell after being a long-time commit. I would absolutely love to see Wigman make his way from A&M to Tallahassee as I think he's an elite talent. So that's a really good question. And, and we will spend more on this in, uh, you know, after the Florida game when there's going to be more time to talk about some of this stuff. But, yeah, in my, in my view, and again, not knowing all of these things, I mean, I don't know the personalities involved uh, exactly, but I would want, I, you know, I'd want to meet with the kid. But in my view, Jake Garcia is a take. If he wants in, I think you take him, and you just you know if he if he can't play, he can't play. But that's a four, that's a, a blue chip type talent, and you know he's been mismanaged down there. You know that he's got the potential to be much better than he's been in that Miami offense. So to me, given his arm, given some of those other things, I think he's a take. Uh, be interested to see what some others think about that, but uh, I I think he would be a take. I think Altmaier at Ole Miss is potentially a take. Yeah, he spurned you after being a long-time commit, but he was a long-time commit. He's somebody that, you know, you you evaluated and you felt fit your offense before. And if he wants in now, he's sort of been humbled. Maybe maybe you take him. I'm not sure he leaves because I think he, he may be next in line there at Ole Miss, but uh, if, if Lane Kiffin, especially if Lane Kiffin leaves Ole Miss, as is the rumor right now, uh, that would be interesting. But I, I don't think you hold a grudge for a kid, you know, being a long time commit and then deciding to go somewhere else. I think you, you know, you have that relationship and maybe maybe it's time for him to, to come in. I think Altmaier would potentially, not saying he would be, but he's somebody that you, they'd have to reevaluate, decide whether or not he actually is what they thought he might be coming out of high school and whether he'd be worth having it, having, having on the roster. I think you have to be careful because you don't want to take a guy that's going to upset the 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 locker room you don't want to take a guy that's going to going to cause problems for you know the the position down the line you want to take a guy that could be a starter but is ready to if if Jordan Travis comes back and I think he should you got a guy that's ready to to be a backup to be to be to compete for that number 2 role and and potentially be the heir apparent after that you want to do that but you don't want to you know negatively impact some of the things that that bringing another guy can can do so I think it would be a good idea to bring in somebody, but it has to be the right guy. 
both of those guys are guys that I think you you potentially look at. Uh, Wegman is not going to leave Texas A and M. I'd be really surprised if he did. Uh, so I think that's a pipe dream. But he, you absolutely take him because I think he's a first rounder. Uh, he's a first round, future first round type talent. So you know, if you can get your hands on him, then yeah, you take him. But I, I don't think he's going to leave Texas A and M. At any rate. We will take a look at some of this uh, as we move forward. And, of course, when guys do hit the transfer portal, we'll, we'll evaluate them and we'll, we'll talk about uh, what we think uh, they, they ought to be. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, one last thing. Got a text from Steve Pointer. Uh, just some, some numbers here. Since the, the Clemson trick play touchdown to start the second half uh, against Clemson, the Florida State starting defense has played 38 drives and has given up five field goals and one touchdown. That's 0.71 yards per drive over the last 38 drives. It's one of the best numbers over that stretch. That's probably the, the, the best number in the country. If it's not, then it would have to be, you know, maybe Georgia or somebody, but nobody else is doing that right now. This defense is playing at an elite level. They've played some bad offenses. Yes. And they played Miami, which, you know, that, that also, again, you have to grade on a curve anytime you include Miami in there. But, you know, despite that, even with that, you have to appreciate that level of just, choking teams out, just suffocating teams. That's really good production. So, yeah, quality quality stuff from Florida State. It's been a long, long time since Florida State just consistently took care of business like this in games that they should win. And that that really is the next step that they needed to take this year. Puts them in position if they can uh, they can continue to build on that. They've got some pieces to 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 fill. They've got some gaps that they'll need to fill coming into next year, but if they can build on this going into next year, this is going to be a team that's going to be a real threat. Go ahead and wrap there. Not a whole lot more to say. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach in Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast shop at unconqueredpodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level, that is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, post us on social media, and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.